Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Jesse here as well until 11 o'clock. Spent most of the first hour talking to him college football also day drinking and a little fantasy football so if you missed any of that and want to go listen to it again you can download the les schwab tires podcast at radio.com app and at 1080thefan.com this hour we'll have hate it or love it coming up at 10 30 we will have next segment a talk about madden ratings because it's everyone's up in a tizzy about it this year and the last few years it feels like but we will start with the big football news of the week and it's not Good football news, I guess, unless you're a Chiefs fan. Even then, it might not be good football news. Uh, Tyreek Hill not going to face any suspensions from the NFL for, I don't want to say his actions because he wasn't actually prosecuted for anything, but for what was believed to be his actions in his son having a broken arm. So just to recap the story quickly, There was a domestic or a child abuse report in March, and Tyreek Hill's name was attached to it in Overland Park, Kansas. Later in March, there was another police call to his house to investigate battery where a juvenile was a victim. This time, his wife's name was on the report, or uh, his fiance's name, Crystal Espinal, was on the report. In April, they said that there would be no charges filed. The next day, the TV station in Kansas City released the audio of the the recorded phone call that was there where you heard some troubling things from Tyreek Hill. He he and and his fiancée were talking about why his son had a broken arm. And the son said something like he was scared to go see daddy or daddy was angry when he walked into the room or something. And then he broke his arm. Uh, You also heard him say to his fiance, you should be scared of me too. 
expletive. 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 Because uh, she said, oh, he's scared of you, and he said, you should be too, bleep. The next day, the chief said, you're not coming to the facility. we got to investigate this. Uh, Tyreek Hill's attorney said this was a full denial. There was a police investigation, and then there wasn't. They said it was not active. Then Hill met with the NFL for eight hours. And then the NFL announced two or three weeks after that that he would not face discipline, and the Chiefs announced he would rejoin the team for training camp. So he has not been prosecuted for any of this, right? And maybe he's innocent. Maybe he didn't do anything. And maybe all of this is right, and they did the right thing. But something about this seems off to me. My first thought was, then why did the child have the broken arm? Right? Children fall all the time. Uh, their bodies are really strong or, or you know, at some, at some ages, like still malleable and they don't, mm-hmm. bones don't break. I don't understand how you break a child's arm without inflicting said pain on the child. Right? So that's a question that I still don't believe has been answered at least publicly, it might have been answered privately. And B, although I'm happy they did an investigation and I'm happy that they met with him for eight hours and I'm hopeful that they met with other people for hours and hours as well, but um, other guys in the NFL have been suspended for worse or for less, I should say. And even if none of this turned out to be correct, the NFL could choose to suspend someone for hurting Deflate, the image of the league. Deflating footballs. For deflating footballs. For something that wound up being proven to be a lie. Whereas this seems a little bit more up in the air. Although some people I think are saying that his then fiance was trying to set him up, Tyreek Hill. Similar to the Ezekiel Elliott situation. Where there were texts by the girl or the girlfriend in Columbus, Ohio. That were texting her friends saying, please lie to the police for me. That all came out, and they still suspended him for six games. And remember, that whole thing went for a year, and they kept appealing, and they kept canceling the suspension, and they finally got the suspension late in the year, and he missed basically the second half of the season. And I I just – I want consistency from the NFL in the situations, right? Tyreek Hill may very well be innocent, but it still feels like to me the NFL should say, your child had a broken arm, you put the league in a bad light, and, and give him something, right? And part of me doesn't fully believe that Tyreek Hill is innocent anyway. He has a history of being a bad guy. When they drafted him out of college, what was the biggest red flag? That yeah. he had problems at home. So it feels really kind of picky and choosy by the NFL again. Like, oh, this guy's a great player, and this is the first time we've had issues with him in the league, so... We like Patrick Mahomes. Let's let's put him back on the field. You it, know, it just feels wrong to me. You know, we haven't really talked about the Kareem Hunt situation. We hadn't talked about Tariq Hill. You know, we like to try to keep it as light as we can on the show. And sometimes those stories are a bit of a they're kind of a bummer. But we have to talk about that stuff. And I'll be honest, as a dad, as a father, like it, it, that that it made me real angry. Just because my whole goal in life is to keep my little dude safe and make sure that if he's going to be hurt, it's definitely not going to come by my hand. So there's a difference between I have no problem with disciplining my my children, my son. 
you know, but there's a difference between discipline and abuse, right? A smack on the hand or a smack on the bottom or whatever, on the butt, man, that's not abuse. Repeatedly, you know what I'm saying? Okay, then, yeah, you might have a problem. But with Tariq Hill, man, to punch your baby in the chest, your three-year-old, to, you know, to hit to hit him, to, to break his arm, like, that's weird stuff. And my thing was when he was – when his – Fiance was recording this conversation. He never said, "No, I didn't. I didn't do that. I never did that." You know, you punch him in the chest. You do all those things. He's scared of you. You should be scared of me too. Basically, that was his. That was his overall response. You know, at that point, it wasn't like a man. I've never punched him in his chest, or that was one time, or that was what. Like, there was kind of like, yeah, I did. And and if you're not careful, you next type thing. Like those are. He never. He never admitted that he did it. He either. never. He, but he no. He but he also didn't say no. I didn't. You know. And so I think. He didn't implicate himself at all, but it's just one of those things. Like, like you said, coming into the league, you were already you ha- you had a reputation, a reputation that made everybody kind of look at you a little funny. But for whatever reason, we let these things go because you're a talented football player, you're a talented musician, you know, you're a, a, a talented basketball player, and so we decide to yeah, you know, it's it's okay, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt because we know that some people are just out to get a paycheck. You know, that if his if his fiance was 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 recording him, you know, she was clearly going to use that uh recording for something where be it extortion or you know whatever she was going to use it for or as proof or whatever she was going to use it for something you don't get recorded unless somebody's going to plan to use that recording for some use so i don't know i just want consistency and i I, i'm not i really want to be careful and not place blame because i don't know all the details of the investigation we don't have all the details of the investigation right we have what we heard in the videotape and we have what we've read and that's it uh, you just got to be careful with that kind of stuff, right? It seems, it seems like he could be guilty, but we've seen that be wrong in the past before, right? But if if they if she had said, and you do PEDs, guaranteed they they were suspended him, right? So if that had I'm, been something that he had said, well, like you, you've been you've been using PEDs for, there is no question the NFL would have stepped in and suspended him. But because he's the, the NFL still cares so much about the integrity of the game, but they don't care about the integrity of the the people that are playing the game. You know, well, they, it's so weird. They do selectively. As and long as there's not video evidence, they don't care. Right. The second the Kareem Hunt video came out, it was over for him that that year, especially in Kansas City. Also, the Chiefs, who made such a staunch decision on Kareem Hunt, just going to let Tyreek Hill. All based on the fact back. that Kareem Hunt lied to him and apparently Tyreek Hill didn't. And the, the problem with this is, is and you 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 nailed it, is that there There are previous instance, instances with Tyreek Hill. If, if this is a guy that had been a model citizen up to this point and then this stuff came out, that's one thing you don't want to suspend him. But when you have prior instances as a person and, um, and, and this comes out and then you think about the stuff that the NFL has done before and, and, and suspending Tom Brady for four games and taking away a, a pick from – from the Patriots for like, we still don't have really the proof that that, that actually did happen. No one truly knows. And then for some reason you have this guy, like I said, prior instances, no suspension. You think that would happen if this was, I was thinking about this the other day, like yesterday specifically, would this have happened like this? If it was Jamison Crowder, right? Another guy who is a solid wide receiver in the NFL, but by no means is he a star. By no means does he move the needle for TV. Um, He doesn't make huge money, but he catches some balls and he catches some touchdowns and he's useful for a team. But if this was Jameson Crowder, what would happen? Eight game suspension. There you go. Or six game, whatever. 
It's suspended. Yeah, that's the that's the whole point that I'm making is there's got to be consistency, right? And you can do your investigation if you're the NFL, and you can make your own judgment on it, but your punishment is not beholden to the court's punishment. You are free, as they are your employees, the players, to punish them based on your own personal choice. And if you think Tyreek Hill put your team in a bad light, which clearly he did in your league, then he should be punished for it. And everybody should be punished for it who's in the same light, right? It's not just Tyreek Hill. It should be everybody, and it should be consistent, and it should be in the CBA more so than it is now. I mean, why, why is Zeke getting six games and Tyreek Hill's getting no games? In both cases, there were questions as to whether there was truth to it. There were questions as to whether the female was trying to set the player up or if he actually did that. And to me, it it's just got to be consistent. It just has to be. Yeah, and I think that's where the NFL continues to fall flat on their face and they continue to have people like us in the media that talk bad about them because there is no consistency. But know? they also know it doesn't matter because everyone's going to still watch and they can lose a small percentage of fans who hate this. It's no. not going to make a dent in their money. Absolutely. You know, we're, and that's why they, that's why they're like, who cares? We will excuse, you know, as long as we get our entertainment, we like, again, I, I had, and this isn't the same thing, you know, and I'm not going to try to compare the two, but I was having a conversation about R Kelly last night and it's like, man, I'm sorry. I, ca I can't listen to his music. Like, Great music has been a big part of my life and everything, but you're you're a creep. And because you're a creep, like, I can't have, you know, anything to do with you. I wish the NFL took a stance like, man, you this is – we're going to make an, make an example of you, Tariq Hill, or you're going to make an example of you, Ezekiel Elliott, for all the bonehead things that you do. We're going to suspend you for a year. You know, we're going to suspend you for X amount of time. Like, especially for those repeat offenders, you're always in trouble for something, be it going back to college or whatever. This isn't a system thing. This is a you thing. Like, if you're always in trouble, like, you can't blame everybody else. This is you. And at this point, man, this is Tariq Hill and find himself in a situation that he might not have been if he weren't such a bonehead. And that's just the bottom line. He's a bonehead, and that's why he's in the situation he's in now. All right, let's get into something a little bit more lighthearted, I guess, although some players don't think it is. Madden ratings. Why do players care so dang much about their Madden ratings? And on the flip side, should they care? Is it actually a good thing that they care? This is next on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 1020, Sunday morning. So Madden released their ratings for this upcoming game. Madden 20, I guess it's called. And uh, I haven't played Madden for quite some time because I feel like the game has been essentially the same for years and years and years. So I find it just kind of boring after a while. It's a roster update, and that's important for a lot of people, and that's cool, but... They haven't done significant improvements to the franchise mode, which is what I play, so I've kind of skipped it. But I still enjoy sports games, and I still enjoy kind of the rating aspect of when they release it just to see who's going to be good and who's not. But what I found really interesting this year, and there's a an actual E60 piece that got released today. It's about seven minutes long on ESPN. You can find it. About the new job called Madden Ratings Adjuster, and they send these guys to games during the year on the sidelines so they could – watch teams and actually week by week adjust the players ratings based on good and bad performances. 
And the example they used last year was Patrick Mahomes in week one was rated a 73 or something because he was a rookie and he didn't, or not a rookie, but he was starting for the first time and you didn't know a lot about him. And each week his rating went from like 73 to 80 to 82 to 84 to 86. He wound up being like a 92 at the end of the year. And um, there in this piece, there were players, Keenan Allen, Calais Campbell, Melvin Gordon, who were just like, hey, why is my jump rating this lower? I'm faster than that. I'm an 89. I should be at least a 91. And they go up to these Madden guys and they start ranting at him about it, which is really, really funny. And my whole question is, is it okay that they care so much about these ratings or is it just a stupid thing to care about for a football player who's going to be imitated in a video game? No, I think it's I think it's valid to, you know, if especially if you're considered one of the best players in the league, uh, to have a high Madden rating. You know, there's you ask most guys um, if they think they're the best, and nine times out of ten they're going to tell you yes. And this is the 53rd man on the roster is going to tell you that he's probably the best player on the team. You know, as far as what he's able to do. So everybody's confidence is sky high. There's not a guy in the G League that doesn't believe that they're the best player, you know, in the world and should be, you know, a star in the NBA or whatever. So I think it's I think it's okay because these guys play this game. They play with each other. They play after practice. They play online, you know, when they're at home on the offseason. Like, I think Madden is uh, a, a, a universal game. And so if you're a star in the league, and there, there's, some, there's some people I'm sure they don't care. I'm sure Brady could care less that he's a – you know, the third-rated quarterback, you know, on there. You know, I'm sure Brady doesn't play Madden at all. Although, so. did you see the tweet that he sent out July 15th? Yes. he. It was a fake him of him sprinting in like .6 seconds across the field. Yeah, and he because was they like, said hey, it was slow. Yeah. Hey, Madden, how about this for speed? So yeah, even so, he knows about so he, it. No, so he looks at it, and even people that don't play, I mean, I'm sure they look at it and go, you you said I'm an 85, really? Like, I'm, I'm Tom Brady and I'm an 85 quarterback. Now, mind you, he's like a 96 or something like that in this game. But, yeah, I think guys, you know, really do care about that, especially because, you know, with online play and some of those some of those other things, man, yeah, you want to dominate with the best players. Last year, I think the best player in the game was um, Aaron Donald. There's no, a couple it, of no, it was, no, last year it was uh, Antonio Brown. He was the best player in the game. This year it's uh, DeAndre Hopkins is the best player, you know, in Madden. His catch is 99, his – you know, his jumping is 99, his release, all that stuff that you're supposed to have is all 99. So I think he's the best player in the game. But then Aaron Donald, there's like four 99 overalls, and Aaron Donald is one of them, and I believe Patrick Mahomes it might be the other one. Well, the way I look at this, I asked the question, you know, down the middle because I wanted to see your response. But the way I look at this is I think it's the Madden ratings are important because we as a society – are morphing to more video game heavy people, especially sports games, which kind of bridge the gap between non-gamers and gamers. Guys who don't play games that much like to play Madden because you want to play football because you can't go out there and play your team. But it's you all wanna, I play is sports games. Right. You want to be able to control your 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 teams. Uh, you are a perfect example of that. You don't game, but you play 2K and you play Madden. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Is that it? Uh, WWE? WWE, I'll play, you know, UFC. I'll play the baseball game when they make one of those. So, yeah. Yeah, so you play sports games. Um, So many people who play the sports games are going to learn about certain players based on their ratings, right? Based on how good they are. 
you know, not all NFL fans are diehard fantasy football players. Not all NFL fans watch teams other than their own. But a lot of NFL fans play Madden. So let's say that you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, right? And you are playing as the Jags. That's all you do. Uh, and that's all you know. But the free agency comes up in the game that year. And you're looking at the free agency list. And you see Keenan Allen is an 89 as a wide receiver, right? And Keenan Allen's pissed about his rating. He's like, I should be like a 92. And you see Keenan Allen as a 92 as a wide receiver. That changes your idea about how good he is. Absolutely. And as for overrated <laughs> either way as fans, that is your first glimpse at that player. If you are a, you know, solo team fan that all you do is watch the Jags and play as the Jags. I think that's why it's important. It probably didn't used to be important because less people were playing in the games and it wasn't exactly as big as it is today. But I mean, Madden is massive now. Massive. Absolutely. And if you're going to learn about players, it's it's another avenue that they get to put themselves out there to the fan and they want to put their best foot forward. So I don't blame the players for being upset about it because for them, if you're Melvin Gordon and someone's playing as the Chargers and it's in a playoff game in Madden and because his jump rating isn't that good and he tries to jump over the pile and gets tackled on fourth and goal to lose the Super Bowl, if you up that jump rating too, all of a sudden Melvin Gordon is this guy's hero for two days, right? Even though it's, it's a video game. I think that's why they care. And I actually do think it matters not for any real reason, other than it's another reason that the players will get known out. Yeah. And it's a, it's, it's a shot to your ego. If somebody who, and we don't know who the video game developers are for EA. So I'm not going to say they've never played before, but in some cases, you know, some of these guys have never played before. And you're going to tell me an NFL starter that I'm a 72, huh? Like, I think there's some guys that look at that, and are a little insulted by it, unless you're one of those 90-something, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's fair. You know, but anybody that's rated but in the But even 80s, they are getting annoyed at it, too. Which no, is I mean, this is because I don't think, you know, there's some guys that just could flat out care less, whatever. Um, no, I don't play video games anyway. So there's some guys that feel just like that. But it's also people people rating you, and they they rank you. And so for them to say that you're a 74th, 75, when you feel like you should be anywhere between nine, Like, if you're Cam Newton... And you're looking at the Madden ratings, and this says 85 or 84 right now. I'm, you're, if you're Cam, you're pissed just because you know the person that Cam Newton is, like the chip that he has on his shoulder. There, yeah, you, you're probably really angry about that. Well, just the the quarterback position in general. Like, I just think their ratings are extremely off. Um, I don't know. I they actually have some real scout people doing some of these ratings too but then they also have like barry sanders jr is one of the guys doing ratings which is kind of funny yeah no it's it's just strange like um some of the some of these ratings just kind of blow me away like i don't know Car carson wentz is an 82 deshaun watson's an 82 but baker mayfield's an 83 what would you rather than be i i i would say they're 85s easy like i you, you look at a guy who uh, and Deshaun Watson had one of the best starts in NFL history to his career, and last year was still a top-five quarterback. You look at a guy in Carson Wentz who was a guy who was in the running for MVP before he you know, blew out his leg. Guess what? He's two years removed from that. He's, he's, he's ready to rock and roll at this point. Like We'll see. I, you know, I, I, I just think the, when you're looking at, at things like what their ability is, I, what brings 
a guy like Wentz down and a guy like Watson down in the ratings for me is things like their toughness ratings, right? Which is this type of things that keeps them on the field. It's not their physical ability or their ability to, to play the game because we, we talked about this before with Deshaun Watson. He didn't have a lot around him, but yet had a top five season last year. Okay. It's, it's, I, it, I do think though with, it, with this, it's, not every quarterback can be super high rated. You got to have some variance in the game, which I think is why they put some of them a little bit lower than you're thinking. Because if they're all like 88s and higher, because I mean, think about it. They're all the best players. Well, in the game. No, but I said 85. Jared Goff's not an 83 to me. He's an 80, right? Like Jared Goff's a good quarterback, but he's not an 83. He shouldn't be above Deshaun Watson. He shouldn't be above Jared Goff. If you ask me, you know, you're right. Cam Newton's a little low. He should be more like an 88. If you ask me, he's got some accuracy issues, but outside of that, he's one of the most unstoppable quarterbacks in the game. These, these rating, Honestly, Cam Newton's probably better than a guy like um, like Ryan uh, Matt Ryan, right? But yet Matt Ryan's an eighty nine. So right. yeah, these these ratings but are it's off. all like a point or two different. It doesn't make that much of a difference when you're playing the game. But a bunch yeah. of nerds made it, and that's <laughs> I mean, end of the day, they made all the ratings. My, so. my whole point was, I think it matters because it's another public avenue for these players to get known by people who don't know them, and that's why they care, and that's why I do think there is some importance to it. All right, let's get into hate it or love it next. But first, Jesse O Sports. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Uh, if we could share the conversation. Man, I'm telling you, it'd be radio gold if we could share some of the off-air conversation. Probably be fined, though. Uh, fireable, maybe? Not, yes. maybe not fireable. But That's what podcasts fineable. are for, right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. absolutely. All right, Jesse. What do you have for us yeah. on this fine Sunday? I, oh. I, I'm not I'm not feeling very competitive today, but we'll see how this okay, goes. Okay, well, uh, let's just <laughs> throw this out here. I'm going to give you guys five options, and you pick one. Uh, we got the uh, NFC South. We got the Tennessee Titans. We got the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Dallas Cowboys. Steelers? Sure. Let's do Steelers. All right. We're starting with the Steelers. Okay. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the departure of a couple big names in the offseason, one of which they did not have last year in Le'Veon Bell. And you kind of saw what they had in James Conner, who had a pretty good year. Now, there were some uh, differences in uh, the uh the amount of output of production between Bell and Connor, but Connor obviously still really good. But uh, he's definitely not Lavian Bell in the grand scheme of things. Love or hate? Backup running back Jalen Samuels is going to eat into James Connor's touches this season. Sure, love. I mean, we're in a time in the NFL now where more and more teams are going with multiple running backs just to A, keep guys healthy, but also B, change the pace and Samuels came in last year when James Conner got hurt and actually did pretty well in in his short amount of time playing as the starting running back I think James Conner is maybe not special like Le'Veon Bell but I think he is a solid starting running back in this league who can be a workhorse back I mean some of this just has to do with how I view him as a person being able to be a cancer survivor and come back and make it out because he he was diagnosed with cancer at Pitt 
then to get drafted and turn into a starting running back in the NFL after that. And there was a story this week that he was given just a week to live when he first went in for that first cancer appointment. I mean, just that mentality alone makes me believe in that guy as a running back. But don't believe for a second in this day and age in the NFL that there's only, there's only four or five guys that are going to be bell cows without someone cutting into their time. And James Conner's not one of them. So, yeah, Samuels will cut into his time. And you might even see other running backs, too, as guys get, go down, just become PPR guys or, or third down guys, stuff like that. And, yeah, Jalen Samuels will be a good running back to have. Uh, Love. I think Samuels is going to get some significant carries. I still think James Conner is going to be the guy uh, for the for the Steelers. They're going to go as far as Conner is going to allow them to go. Uh, Lynch said a lot of stuff. I was going to say, man, the most the, the thing you like most about Conner is just his heart. Uh, the considering you you know you beat cancer and then you had a week to live and then all of a sudden here you are and you tied for third in the NFL in rushing touchdowns last year. You had almost a thousand yards in a year that everybody thought you know the, the Steelers were out because Le'Veon Bell was gone and you were still able to come and do that. I think Samuels is going to give a nice little um, I guess some dichotomy to what the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be able to do. It's going to give you kind of almost like a thunder and lightning uh, type of lineup. So I think it's great for uh, for Pittsburgh and a division that's still incredibly wide open, even with. Uh, Cleveland being a better team, even with the Ravens taking steps forward at points, I still think the Steelers are the team that's going to be the one to beat. All right. We'll do the same thing. We got NFC South. We got the Cleveland Cavaliers. We got the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. Cleveland Cavaliers? The I Browns. mean, sorry, Cleveland oh, Browns. Sorry, we're going to talk some Cavs? <laughs> yeah, okay. No, no, no. I, I, NFC South? I was intrigued by that. That's cool. I mean, you can make a choice, too. NFC South sounds good, man. I'm, hey, I'm not tripping. All right, NFC South uh, obviously has kind of been dominated a little bit by the Saints the last couple of years. They've been uh, pretty dang good, although there are some other teams in there with quite a bit of talent. Um, Maybe a bounce back year for a team like the Carolina Panthers, always a dominant defense and a solid running game. Love or hate, the NFC South will not be won by the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I'm going to say hate on this one, although I think all your points are very valid. I, I got a special, I got some sort of feeling about the Panthers this year that I think they might have a really good bounce back year. Christian McCaffrey's really, really, really good. He's one of those running backs I was talking about that doesn't need someone to be a change of pace back for him because he's just that good. And for some reason, I just have a feeling Cam Newton's going to have a year where he kind of gets back into it. The Falcons have improved across the board this year, and they were already really, really good. People always ignore Matt Ryan talking about the best quarterbacks in the game, but he is. They've got Julio Jones, who, despite having trouble scoring touchdowns in the beginning of last year, was still an elite receiver. And you got a good running back in Devontae Freeman. But the Saints are the Saints for a reason. Drew Brees hasn't really lost a step as he's gotten older. He's kind of following the Tom Brady plan of getting near his 40s or in his 40s and still being able to to be a competent, if not great, quarterback in the regular season in the playoffs. You did notice a little bit in the playoffs last year, his arm strength might not be exactly where it is uh, or where where it has been in the past, but I'm not sure that's going to matter because he'll be able to make adjustments. The running game is still really good. Alvin Kamara there, although they lost Mark Ingram. And I think they will still win the division, but I think those three at the top, I'm ignoring the Bucs because I don't think they're going to be very good. The Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints are all going to be solid teams this year who are going to vie for that division title. I just think the Saints are still going to be able to get it done. Um, wow. Uh, I'm going to hate just because I'm going to, I'm going to take the field on this one. Uh, I think the Saints are a great team. Drew Brees is Drew Brees. But like you said, Lynch, into the season, you can tell the arm strength just wasn't there anymore. And Drew Brees is somebody who's approaching 40, you know, and unfortunately, like, not like Tom Brady, uh, he 
you know what I'm saying? He's not in the he's he's in good shape, but he's not in Brady shape, you know, at 40. And you know, we kind of saw that towards the end of the season. Uh, I I like you. I like the Carolina Panthers, but I think people shouldn't ignore the uh, Atlanta Falcons, man. I think the Falcons uh, arguably have a, a great group of of linebackers that have been kind of unhealthy, but now they're kind of getting to a point to where they're good again. Uh, you you obviously got a couple great running backs in the backfield for you. Uh, you have arguably the best wide receiver in the entire game, although you won't be able to tell by his touchdown numbers, but Julio Jones is a misma- uh, is a matchup nightmare uh, for anybody. They have a great offensive coordinator. They have a great head coach. I think Atlanta is one of those teams that can surprise a lot of people, and they've been to the Super Bowl. You know, like this NFC South is incredibly competitive because you look at the teams that are there, and a few of them have been to the Super Bowl within the past four years. Uh, the, the Saints were just right there on the, the cusp of going to the Super Bowl if they hadn't been cheated and arguably – the most controversial, you know, call in, in football history at that point. But uh, the Buccaneers are going to be the Buccaneers. They're going to be terrible. You know, no disrespect to the homie and Dominican Sue, but that's a bad situation in Tampa Bay right now. So, uh, yeah, I think the I think Atlanta would be my pick this year. They're just right there all the time. But for whatever reason, they can't put it together towards the beginning of the year. They always have this spurt towards the middle of the season where they're great and then they kind of fall off. I think we're looking to see another great year for Matt Ryan and the Falcons. This one would be a hard one for me as well. I just think all three of those teams are really evenly matched. I think all of them have. I think you guys touched on the weaknesses and the strengths of all of them. Uh, To me, it's a a flip of the coin in this division. That's why I could say hate for this one, um, or I mean love for this one, because uh, you, you flip a coin, it's exactly the field. I, it just makes sense. I say love because out of those three teams, who do you trust the most? Sean Payton, Drew Brees, and the Saints. And, and there you go. That, that's a that's and a that, good way of putting that's it. Why I, trust. I, that's why I said they'll win it. But I don't know. For some reason, I get this way sometimes. There's certain teams I just have a feeling about. I think the Panthers are going to be really good this year. Well, they, they do have Cam Newton, who when, he, when he's great Cam Newton – there's not too many quarterbacks better than him, but when he's bad, Cam Newton, like he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. All right. You guys want to go uh, Dallas, Tennessee, or Cleveland? Dallas. Dallas it is. All right, Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys. Um, they got a little bit of noise coming into the um, preseason here with uh, you got Zeke Elliott saying he wants a new contract. you got a. Uh, Amari Cooper, who's going to need a new contract, you know, just just contracts need to go around. Um, and but at the same time, we've seen some of these running backs get contracts recently and it not necessarily pay off. Love or hate Cowboys should avoid paying Zeke Elliott. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say hate on that one, Bob, because <laughs> you have a special player in Ezekiel Elliott that you don't find every single year uh i would say although it might be a dangerous move maybe don't pay dak prescott because i don't think he's worth the big quarterback money now i know he's going to get paid because he's a quarterback that's a starter in the league and if you don't have a quarterback who's a starter you're stuck getting joe flacco in a trade and (laughs) being the denver broncos drafting drew Locke, who is apparently nowhere near being ready to be a quarterback but i think of all the guys you need to pay and bring back it's ezekiel elliott And that's what I was talking about in the fantasy segment is what I was talking about in the first question is it is so important. The NFL is switching to a two running back league, but the advantage you have, if you have that bell cow guy who is consistently good, who can catch passes, who can run through the middle, who can, who's fast, who can do pass blocking for you. I mean, a guy who does it all. Sure. He has his issues off the field and he ran into them again this time. Although 
This time it was more his reputation that got the issues in, in the first place. He, a security officer fell over after running into him. Um, you have to pay Ezekiel Elliott, man. He is one of the best players in the league. One of the best players. I think you can let Amari Cooper go. I think you can let Dak Prescott go, but you got to keep Ezekiel Elliott. He is the future of your franchise. I think Jerry Jones knows that too, even even with some of his issues. You got to pay him. Pay the man. Uh, you might as well chalk this one up for Lynch because I almost 100% agree with everything that he said uh, right there. Um, I've been saying this for a while. I think Dak Prescott is one of the more overrated quarterbacks in the entire league. Uh, he can't throw a receiver open. He he. Uh, he doesn't have a great deep ball like Dak Prescott. There's a lot of things that he needs to work on, but because he's the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, he's presumed as great, and that's I think that's super, super false. Uh, Cowboys have always been used to kind of propping up their great their quarterback over the running back. We all know that Troy Aikman was nowhere near the player that Emmitt Smith was, but because he was the quarterback, that's the one that we gave all of the, the credit to. Man, Dak Prescott is an overrated quarterback. I believe Pro Football Focus called him the – like the, the most average quarterback in the NFL, quite possibly, or some, something along those lines. Forgive me for that. But, man, Ezekiel Elliott had 1,400 yards last year and six touchdowns. While he's not, he didn't give you a lot of touchdowns last year, he gave you, you know, over 1,300 yards. He did the same thing the year before. And, oh, yeah, he did the same thing the year before that. He is the most consistent running back in the NFL in a league where running backs are usually done by the third year. Um, and he's still pushing and he's still now he's a bonehead. We all know this. But if you're just talking about just football, man, there's one guy that you got to take, Dak or Zeke. I'm paying Ezekiel Elliott. No problem. Sorry, Dak. You got to go find the team. All right. Let's see here. Let's see what we got here. Oh, boy. Um, what's the tie? Oh. Dang it. <laughs> Paper, rock, scissors. Uh, all right. Let's take a break. Coming up next, we'll do one final question, and we'll see who wins. Okay? Sound good? All right. Sweet. We don't need the music again. We'll just do it dry. But that's next here on Sports Sunday. NFL. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, one final segment for us today. It was a tie and hate it or love it, but we were so over, I didn't want to push it too much further. So let's do the final tiebreaker rapid fire round right here to see who is the winner of hate it or love it. Unprecedented. This is this is unprecedented. You know Sometimes you got to make creative changes to make things work. Well, well I like it. I guess we're doing a couple guessing. unprecedented things. I gave you guys the options of you choosing your topics today. Yeah, that so. is very rare. Um, with that said. Uh, Rapid fire. Let's go. Tennessee. Let's go with Tennessee. Okay. Um, in Tennessee, you have one of two quarterbacks that uh, have not been offered their second contract um, basically in their fourth year uh, or after their fourth year going into their fifth year where they just picked up their their fifth-year option in Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. Uh, it's been a while since that has um, since they haven't gotten their second contract. Love or hate, Marcus Mariota will not only stay healthy enough, but play healthy enough or uh, play well enough to get a second contract this uh, after this coming season. Uh, I'll say love because the pressure of getting that contract is always good for for players to play better. You know, you, you're in your contract year. You want to play better so that you can get that next contract. He's had a lot of different coordinators. He's had a lot of different coaches. He's had no consistency in his career uh, and the players around him either. 
I think he's going to finally have some consistency. I'm not sure Mariota's ever going to reach the level we thought he would reach. And that's a little disappointing because we all like Marcus here. But I think he is a solid but unspectacular starting quarterback in the NFL. And every team needs that. We talked about that uh, with even the Cowboys. You might want to re-sign Dak because you have to. But I think Mario will get his second contract in Tennessee and stay there. I, I agree with you. Uh, I love it. And I think Mariota uh, is obviously much better than Ryan Tannehill. That's number one. And uh, number two, Mariota has at least had some playoff success. Uh, Mariota has at least been to a Pro Bowl for his team. Uh, it's been five years on the rookie deal, and he's uh, really considering the roster that he has, the lack of weapons that he has. Mariota, in some ways, is kind of overperformed considering how terrible Tennessee has been. So uh, every Mike Brabel is saying that, they're going to get a deal done. He sees Mariota as the future. Of course, this might just be coach and GM talk, but honestly, I still I think he's their best option right there. And I feel like he wants to be in Tennessee because Mariota seems like a loyal dude. I think he should be smart and test free agency and find another team. That's just me. He will get a contract if he tests free agency. Yes, yeah, so I think he should be on another team though. I'll take him in Denver. Oh, that would be good. Uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd take him in Denver in a heartbeat, too. I mean, I know he's not an L.A. type of prototypical guy. but I think uh, there are 12, to, 12 to 15 teams in the league right now that would take Mariota as their starting quarterback. I mean, dude, dude caught his own pass. And scored. He's a playmaker. Of his own lineman's back, right? Yeah, and like scored. he's a playmaker, man. You know he's, like, although he threw the pass into his lineman's back in the first place, but. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, he sorry. It, though. He caught it. Our winner today is. Rashad. Oh, yeah, you, you slaughtered me on Woo. that last one. All right. You got like six more points. Uh, coming up next, credits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's what's coming up next. I mean, so you're not here next week, is it, nope. Lynch? I'm okay. in Vegas next week. I'm in Vegas the week after. And then I'm in Victoria, Canada the week after. So okay. we got we got some we got some solo weeks coming up or maybe potential guest hosts coming in the next couple of weeks. I'm gonna get Rop to come in. Rop's so he said to me, Man, I'll come and do some sports Sunday, man. Now mind you, Rop might have just been pulling my leg, which I'm almost for certain he was doing. But uh I have yeah. a feeling he might do it. Don't get your hopes up. Oh no. I've I've already yeah, I'm already preparing for him to say, oh, well I've got something to do that day. You know, I'm going to play golf, you know, doing something like that. You got tea time. Yeah. So but yeah, times at nine. Sorry. I'm going to try to get you guys the one and only Isaac Rop on one of these sports or football Sundays when Lynch is gone. <laughs> That's a promise that I'm making to you. Well, okay. I said you're, I'm going to try. I didn't say I was going to get him. You're promising that you're going to try. Yes. That's all I'm doing. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, enjoy this beautiful weekend, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can find us on the Les Schwab Tires podcast if you missed any of the show and want to listen on radio.com and or the radio.com app and on 1080thefan.com. You can also find it at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those kind of places as well. Social media, I'm at Mike Lynch 27 Rashad's at TaylorMade503, Jesse's at Jesse Osmanias, ZMAN, all on Twitter. And uh, listen to the Beers on Us podcast with Patrick and I. We're going to go record it right after the show here today. Our first episode in year two of the podcast, episode 53. We'll be going out to Grains of Wrath and Camus and uh, recording the podcast up there. So take a listen. You can find that same place as you can find this podcast as well and subscribe rate review appreciate it have a great weekend uh i'll be out again next week so enjoy rashad and then uh wish me luck in vegas right on see you then omaha 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 this one's for pat this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.